You are listening to First Team Podcast Extra Time with former professional soccer player Kiesel Broom and host John Frusciante. Check out our website for all the latest news on lower division soccer. Our website is firstteampod.com. Could be danger again. The shot parried away by Kiesel Broom. The shot and Broom with the excellent save. Another save. That's three in a row from Broom. Unbelievable from Kiesel Broom. I thought it would be very interesting to talk about uh, the business and the world of agents in U.S. soccer because I saw in the news that Trevor Bauer, he is a baseball player. He is a pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He was talking about his agent. He was talking about how he doesn't pay a straight up fee from his salary. So usually professional athletes, they do pay a salary of say two to 5%, maybe more depending on how much they make. Uh, But he just pays a fee like if he was paying a lawyer or for any other service he just pays I guess a yearly fee um so Kiso what is your thoughts on that you know going back to you know when I was playing Mm -hmm. you know having my agents and things like that it's you know usually kind of discussed in the contract in terms of how much Mm -hmm. um they would get typically in the soccer world it's about five percent um especially when you're kind of playing a little bit lower division you're not making as much so you know, 5% of, say, $20,000 isn't a great deal. You know what I mean? But when you get up to the, you know, the bigger the bigger players and the bigger leagues, you know, it's that's when things different, differ just a wee bit just because um, that fee, you know, like a 5% of a Cristiano Ronaldo contract is way bigger, bigger than a fee of somebody playing USL championship. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and also makes you know play uh, agents fight a little bit harder for the for the for their players just because the bigger the contract, the more they get paid as well. So yeah. I, it's always interesting to me um, yeah. how that all works. But sometimes the clubs pay it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the players. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you go work it out where the club actually pays the agent fee, so the player doesn't have to. So do you know if that has happened in U.S. soccer? In terms of like the um, the the, the club, club yeah, yeah, I've had it worked out of my contract where okay, um, the club, um, the club paid my agent fee, so I didn't have to. Like, see, how does that work? Because does the club want to pay that, or is it because they just want you to play for their team, so they're going to do everything in their power to have you play on their team? Um, I think it might be a little bit of both. I think part of it is you know if the club really values a player, um, they're going to try to do whatever possible to make sure that player is happy. Um, and obviously. Uh, a financial side of it is important. You know, if the if the player is stressed financially, then typically they probably won't do as well on the field. Um, but if 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 the player knows that their agent is going to be taken care of because the club's taking care of it, then that's less that the um the player has to worry about. And there's a paying the agent, you know, out of out of an expense throughout their contract. Um, but it could be, you know, say if it's five hundred dollars, that could just come out of the club's budget instead of it being something coming out of the player's budget. Yeah, for sure. So where do you stand? Do you like this, I guess, uh, new uh, business of sports agents just asking for a straight up fee for their work instead of trying to negotiate for the player the best deal possible? Um, I'm more of the percentage side of it 
from a player perspective, just because I know that now my agent's going to work as hard as possible to make sure I get the best deal possible because it's going to increase their, I guess, commission or bonus, whatever you want to call it on their end. Um, from the agent side, um, I f- it's t- I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not a sports agent, so I couldn't really tell you, but I would say if I was an agent, how I am as a person, I'd rather have that 5%, which makes me work a little bit harder. Um, but having that flat fee, I know that I'm going to have a fixed income no matter what. But it, it's also depending on how much, you know, um, if my players are going to get the opportunity to play for whatever team, you know, but I feel like a bigger contract results bigger. It should be a bigger commission. Yeah, because we see around the world that the agents, they only get paid if they move their players on and they get uh, that fee from that new club, right? So I right. think as a fan, you would probably want the agent to get that percentage from that player so they're not being moved on and sold on every single year just so that agent can get paid, right? So I think that exactly. makes more sense uh, for the whole game. Oh yeah, 100%. I'm right there with you. Yeah, because these world-class clubs, right? Your Manchester United's, Chelsea's, right? Uh, they have to pay crazy amounts of monies to this agents. It's like insane. It really is insane. A lot of money being paid. Oh, millions of dollars. And like I said, you know, if you're an agent and you have one client that's, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, you're not really worried too much um, because that's going to be able to set you up for the rest of your life, you know, but you know, if the client, if the players are a little bit lower leagues, you need to have multiple clients to be able to manage the life that you want more than anything. Yeah. And um, I was searching on the MLSPA's website uh, because they have this database where you could see how much each player makes. And these stats are from about 2019, right? And mm-hmm. I was searching former Cosmos players. So Jimmy Maurer, right? The goalkeeper, former goalkeeper of the New York Cosmos. I think he's on over $100,000. That's from 2019 and then i was searching andres flores who is a international player for the el salvadorian national team and he was making about 70 grand right so he's playing for the portland timbers so i'm not sure in that area if that's a living wage compared to dallas but i find that really odd that he's an international player right and he's not even making 100k so yeah it's it's interesting i mean position wise i feel like you know jimmy was probably set to be kind of the number one because if you look i mean if you look at it if you go through the the fc dallas um roster like in the terms of the the, how much they get paid Mm -hmm. i would be curious to see what the other goalkeepers are making Mm because then you'd have a better idea on who's on what yeah yeah yeah. you know usually the number one makes so money you're trying to say that it's probably not fair to compare uh a goalkeeper to an outfield player well not even that because i would feel uh, if if you look at all the midfielders Mm -hmm. on their roster and you would see yeah. Maybe I don't know if they're still there, but like a Diego Valeria, who's mm-hmm. like a starting midfielder that was probably on a couple hundred thousand, you know, and he's going to start every game. He's going to play the most minutes, things like that, where, you know, I love I love Russo to the dev, but, you know, he might not be starting as much. That's why he's not getting paid as much. Yeah, because I, I guess a lot of fans, they think that Major League Soccer pays massive wages and they sort of do to a certain extent, right? They are the top division. They are the first division. But there are some players in that league that are not making a massive wage, but they probably don't have to work a second job, right? So um, right. I would say that, yeah. 100%. I think, you know, I mean, the minimum salary, I think, is like sixty-seven or 68000 yeah. which, you know, isn't isn't too bad. That's something, depending on the city, you don't really have to work a second job. You know, yeah. it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a comfortable enough wage, and you're probably splitting... Yeah. You're probably splitting rent with a roommate, so it's really not that bad in terms of you know those fixed expenses more than anything. So how does that compare to, I guess, 
the wages in the NASL when they were at the highest point uh, possible at the D2 level, right? They were paying, this is according to some former players that I do speak with, uh, they were saying that they were paying great wages. Uh, so how would you compare, I guess, what say Russo and Mowers getting in Major League Soccer to, I guess, what you know some guys were getting in the North American Soccer League? Um, I would say they're pretty competitive, to be honest with you. Um, if not, you know, almost the same just because of okay. what, you know, the NSL was able to do, be able to fund those players. Yeah. Um, and also be able to have a competitive um product on the field. So I know pretty much that they were they were really competitive. And you don't have guys playing that X MLSers um going to NASL without, you know, proper money. Yeah. So it's probably not too much of a financial difference or no, I wouldn't say too much. Uh, I think there's definitely more rules with the MLS, but in terms mm-hmm. of the financial side of it, I think it'll definitely be um, very, very similar, and yeah, not, a li- yeah. not a little bit less. I think NASL, some depending on the player, might have housing included, which you know obviously takes some of that away from it. But I definitely think that competitive wages wise, we're right, right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and lastly. I don't know if you saw this, but on our website, firstteampod.com, we have a report that says that Carlos Mendez, your former teammate, former captain, the former head coach of the New York Cosmos, he is coaching locally with the Long Island Soccer Club with the 2003 uh, Youth Academy team. And uh, I was speaking with him via text and he was telling me that he's in the process of getting his coaching A license for the U.S. Soccer Federation. So, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So do you plan to possibly get into professional coaching or do you not think that that's a path for you down the line? No, I mean, I think at one point it was. Mm-hmm. Um, not anymore. I, yeah. I'm very happy kind of where I'm at and I love coaching the youth and then coaching yeah. college and sticking strictly just goalkeepers. Um, yeah. It's my forte, so I'd rather just stick with that. But um, at a time, I thought it was something that I wanted. But looking back at it now, um, I'm 100% cool with, you know, doing keepers and just enjoying that side of it. Lastly, keep it locked at firstteampod.com. That is firstteampod.com. That is the one-stop shop for everything on lower division soccer.